When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode 138 of the Love Life Connection podcast. I am so excited to be here, and I'm really excited to be in your earbuds this week. And as always, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. You know, I've been in Bali the past couple of weeks, and I thought I would feel kind of disconnected because I'm like, on the other side of the world than most of my audience. So I'm awake when you're sleeping, you're awake when I'm sleeping. And it's been really fun to still stay connected with you all. I've been really active with a lot of you all reaching out to me on Instagram and also on email. So if you haven't dropped in and said hello, asked me a question, shared something, whatever it is, uh, make sure you do that. Instagram is definitely the best place to reach out to me. So I'm at Veronica E. Grant. And you can follow along with me there and you can also reach out and say hello. And if you follow me sooner rather than later, hopefully you can still see some of my Bali adventures. I've been posting um, a lot of my stories, but obviously those disappear after 24 hours. And um, I have so much to say about Bali and I'm not going to talk about it too much right now because I'm still experiencing the trip and I'm still very much in the middle of what I'm learning and experiencing and I want to just have a little bit of space, a little bit of distance and time between um, my Bali experience and what I end up really integrating and taking away from me and I will share a little bit later on um, what I'm learning and the deep work that I've done because it's been um, it's been a crazy journey, not so much like physically, like I haven't really traveled around the island all that much but it's certainly been quite an emotional journey in a good way. I was here with my mentor and mastermind sisters and I'm spending um, an additional almost a week or so with a few friends from my 
mastermind, but then also a lot of time on my own, just really reflecting and um, being with myself. And of course, also spending some time on getting some big projects done um, in my business, which I cannot wait to share with you soon. I'll give you a little bit of a teaser now. I've been working on a brand new challenge, which will be, I'll run it in December and it's all about getting over an X. So just a little teaser there. Super excited about this challenge. It's going to be amazing. Um, Also have been working on building a new quiz. So some of you all might remember earlier this year, I did a four part series on the four dating energies that are keeping you out of love. And I've turned that into a quiz where you can take the quiz, see which dating energy you are. And then you'll also get a a a guide just for whatever your energy is on how to begin to shift some of those patterns um, and some tools and resources that you can use to um, shift out of them. Super excited to get that to you. Hopefully that will be here sooner rather than later. Um, Would love to have that would love to have that to you by mid October or so just really depends um, how much I can focus here in Bali and not be distracted by the beautiful water and all the yummy food and all of the cheap massages. Okay, so anyways, I wanted to come on to the intro of this podcast because today's episode is a little bit different. It's actually a rerun. So I've run this episode before. I originally recorded it um, almost two years ago at this point. So most of you probably haven't heard this podcast, but it's with my friend Belinda. And we talk about dating, political activism, and using your voice. And I think this is always just a really timely episode, but just at least right now for me, it's just I'm really feeling that I want to share or reshare this message message with you if you've been with me since episode 56, which I think was the original episode number. Uh, so if you've been following me on Instagram, you know that I've been incredibly upset by the um, Supreme Court nomination of Brett Kavanaugh. And I... I have been posting a lot about it online, and I'm highly and strongly encouraging all my American listeners to please, please call your senators, even if you are from a state that has two Democrats who I guess would I would assume likely oppose the um, the nomination. But please, please call your senators because they need to hear your voice. They need to hear all of our voices. And look, I'll be totally honest, like I am pro-choice. I've always been pro-choice. It's actually been one of the most important issues near and dear to my heart for as long as I can remember. I actually started my political career as a volunteer with Planned Parenthood in South Carolina. So something that's always been really important to me. So yes, it is definitely true that I would have never have liked Brett Kavanaugh. We would just not see eye to eye. Um, And I would be very concerned about the future of Roe v. Wade, you know, if he is to be confirmed. And by the way, obviously, I'm recording this before the vote that's as of now scheduled for Friday. Um, But who knows if that will actually take place based on the testimony that comes from um, Dr. Ford on Thursday. And, you know, obviously, I'm recording this early. So who knows what will happen. But I'm very concerned about Roe v. Wade. However, I also understand that for the Republican Party, um, as a whole, the Republican Party as a party platform is not pro-choice. And so am I that upset that a Republican president um, nominated a a, um, Supreme Court justice who's not pro-choice? I'm not upset. I mean, yes, I'm upset that we're still having this conversation in 2018. But it's it's to be expected, right? It's not surprising. Like, I'm I'm not going to feel personally attacked or offended. Maybe I will a little bit because I do think it's kind of crazy that 
the government is still making laws on women's bodies. But that's a whole other story. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's a, it's a Republican platform. So I can't be or I'm not going to be that upset. I'm not going to like it. I'm not going to agree with it. I'm still going to do my part to protect Roe v. Wade, whether it's financially supporting certain organizations or calling my senators, calling representatives, doing those things that I need to do. But what I'm deeply disturbed by and what I just think is unacceptable is the multiple sexual misconduct allegations towards Brett Kavanaugh and the GOP leadership their reaction to these allegations. They're not being taken seriously. They are being disregarded. They are trying to cram this vote through for I'm not sure why, because, you know, the GOP definitely needs women to vote for them too, if they want to keep winning. Um, But this is the part of this is the part that just seems completely unforgivable to and, and just unacceptable in 2018 for the United States Supreme Court for there to have been someone who has, um, you know, multiple allegations of sexual misconduct, and just the fact that he is almost acting like the victim because he's being attacked and his good name is being ruined, blah, 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 blah. Um, And it's just, I can't say it enough. It's completely unacceptable. And so that's why I wanted to run this episode again, because I strongly encourage you that if you are in the US to please, please call your senator, use use your voice. You know, I encourage my clients every single day and their life and the relationships to use their voice. Do they want the, do they want the guy to text them? Do they want the guy to call them? Do they want to know where the relationship is going or how they feel? Like you don't have to find your voice. Your voice is already there and using it. And this is just a macro version of really the work that I feel really called to do in this community and really in my in my lifetime. And if you are an American citizen, this episode will absolutely still apply to you because remember I recorded this episode almost two years ago so it's obviously not about current political events um, but it's just more generally how to use use your voice in dating and also in political activism so whatever is going on in your home country if it's not the U.S. Um, I still encourage you to exercise your, um, your your voice and to use it whether you have representatives to call letters to write a protest to go to um, you know something to um uh, to, you know, where you can use your voice and and be heard. So I really hope you enjoy this episode with Belinda. It's actually, um, I was really nervous when I first aired it a couple of years ago, because I was like, well, I mean, this is really what I do or what I'm really passionate about. But I don't know if it's what people are coming to me for or what they're interested in. And it's actually one of the most highly downloaded episodes on my podcast. So that really tells me that you guys really are looking to uh, to use your voice, both in dating, but also within um, issues that are important to you, whether it's this issue or another political issue. So with that all being said, I hope you enjoy this episode with Belinda. Um, I really look forward to hearing any reactions, any questions you have, anything you want to talk through. Um, I know sometimes it can be, I'm not a survivor of sexual assault, so I'm not speaking from experience, but I am speaking from what other others have told me. And I know sometimes it can feel really triggering to have, um, you know, I know Trump, for example, was very triggering to survivors of sexual assault. Um, And so if Brett Kavanaugh or Dr. Ford's testimony is triggering to you at all, please reach out for support. If you don't have anyone, then you can always send me a DM on Instagram and I will do my best there to to support you and to just be an ear for you to um, talk to, or at least an eye for you to write your messages to me, whatever you're feeling you need to to share. 
Okay, without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Belinda and enjoy this. And please, please, you know, do something, take some sort of action as a result of this episode. All right, we are back, everyone, and I have got Belinda with me. Hello, and welcome to the show, Belinda. Hello, so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am so excited um, to have you on the show. So for everyone, I met Belinda um, about a year ago. Well, I guess we were in the same we were in the same coaching program, but then we met in real life in LA um, almost a year ago. So I'm so excited that you've um, are coming onto the show to talk all about female empowerment and using your voice and finding your story. And all of that fun stuff. Um, so before we get there, can you tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do today in the world? And I always like to hear people's stories of how they got to where they are right now. Yeah, sure. Um, so I am a female empowerment coach um, and an activist and a filmmaker. Um, and how did I end up where I am? <laughs> I know, it's like, do you have all day? That's what I always think. Oh, yeah. What version of the story do you want? Uh, I think through my own struggles, really. Like, yeah. my 20s were hard for me. And I, I, I really... I really kind of believed in purpose throughout my entire twenties and like, was like, here we go, here's this journey. And, and it wasn't until I realized in order to find my purpose and my place in the world, I had to go inward mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and like figure out who I really was and, and what I actually believe in and, and the message I want to share with the world and like what, what just speaks to me in such a true way. And yeah. You know, it's it wasn't until the last couple of years that it was like, oh, it's this female empowerment thing and it's coaching and helping people with this actual struggle that I've been struggling with mm-hmm. <laughs> for a very long time. Yeah. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what that struggle was? Like what was so hard for you in your 20s? Yeah, I think I, I was your like your typical straight A student people pleaser, like mm-hmm. excelled in everything. And then I got out into the real world and I was like, Oh shit. Like I, I have no idea what I'm doing or what I'm supposed to do next. And it was just the thought of going into a corporate office that like made my soul shrink a little bit. And <laughs> I was like, that's not, that's not me. And I don't fit in there. And, um, you know, I, I focus on female, like me personally, I'm very tapped into my feminine. Um, and in, in today's world, you know, really owning that and, and, and kind of operating from your feminine, it, it's hard to like find your place and, and find that like monetary success and, yeah. and all of those other pieces um, by truly kind of showing up exactly as you are and in and, and your true authentic self. Um, yeah. I can totally, I just want to pause. I can just totally relate to having straight A's and being quote unquote perfect. And you get out into the real world and like, like I did all this to sit in a crappy cubicle. Like, yeah, what? what? (laughs) Totally, totally. And I I think I had, you know, like so many millennials do like in my head, I was like, oh, there, there is a perfect career for me. Um, And I, I, I kind of became obsessed with finding the perfect career the perfect job. And it wasn't until I realized, Oh wait, like, no, that's not, that's not the case. You know, I'm going to have to forge this path on my own and and just like kind of figure it out that I finally 
like relax and realize it was it was more of a journey and figuring out of who who I am as a person um, as opposed to what this perfect job was that I'd been so locked in on so oh my gosh I can totally relate to that 100% so how did you get to um, you know figure out who you are and what you want to like what did that journey that path look like um, I, I jump from one thing to the next. Like I'm a total experiential learner. So I just immerse myself in whatever is in front of me, whether that is comedy. I was in Chicago. I did comedy for four years. Um, Second City, like up on stage, improv, stand up, nice. storytelling, you name it. Um, <clears throat> and then like that turned into storytelling. And I realized like what a profound thing it is to connect with other people through story and that led me to go back to school for documentary film um and then it was like that experience as a documentary filmmaker sitting down with people connecting hearing their story and realizing holy shit we all have the same struggles (laughs) we are universally connected through the fact that we all experience loneliness and we all experience confusion and you know there was a lot of people I talked to that like did feel a sense of purpose and were experiencing a lot of pain because there was disconnection from whatever that purpose was and actually showing up in life. Um, and so it was just interesting how that slowly kind of evolved back into working one-on-one with people in a very different capacity as a coach. Um, and then paired paired with my own experience, even in comedy, like I experienced sexual harassment and discrimination as like, you know, a, a blonde, like a blonde woman, like up on stage, like surrounded by men and, you know, experienced terrible things. And that was actually like one of my first films that got like a lot of attention was a short film on sexual harassment and discrimination in comedy. But just the That's fact so, that I just would- want to pause you. That's so interesting because I've, um, I, I listen to these other comedians. Um, they're these girls, they do the, this is why you're a single show. And, um, it's, it's one of my favorite podcasts. And they've talked before about how comedy is still rampant with sexism. And even think about it, like in everyday life, like, you know, like, how is, um, you know, Chris Rock treated versus like Amy Schumer, or, um, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's crazy how, like, you have to be male to be funny. Or like, if a woman is being funny, then she has to like, put herself down or like, have this I don't know, this persona that is self-deprecating. It's, 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 um, it's very alarming. Yeah, no. And, and I think, I think that's what sort of like led my, my search and like, mm-hmm. it, it just, it spread far and wide to kind of an overall gender equality thing and how rampant it is in all industries. It's yeah. not just comedy and sure. it's so hard to talk about it. Um, cause so much of the discrimination is like very, very subtle <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, but you know, I, I think it's, it's truly kind of what took my coaching and wanting to work one-on-one with people and directing it to like female empowerment. And like, there are so many ways we hold ourselves back, you know, as, as women and, and just living in the culture we live in. Um, so what are some, um, um, you know, some of those subtleties that you found when you were, you know, um, you know, out there getting people's stories, making the documentary, um, you know, something where you wouldn't necessarily realize it was sexism, but really it is. Do you have an example? Um, yeah, I mean, we can talk about like corporate specifically in that corporate world, women, women and men 
truly have different different brains and and we operate very differently and and so many women um (laughs) there's like a language around it that makes it like totally PC and it's like individualistic thinker versus relational thinker Mm -hmm. and so many women are relational thinker which simply just means we we think of everybody and we want to make sure everyone is taken care of and we want to make sure everyone feels included and um we also see the big picture and we see the problems that might arise and what we do is we take care of those problems before they actually surface as opposed to so many independent thinkers which are so many like so many males are independent thinkers and a, a problem will arise and then they put it out like they 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 are essentially fire firefighters <laughs> um, and they put the problem out and then they get the recognition because so many corporate offices operate on a status oriented like ladder basically you climb the ladder of the corp you know like the corporate ladder that everyone yeah. talks about. Um, and so you have a woman in an office who's doing all of these things, taking care of all of these people and taking care of problems before they even occur. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't actually get any credit for it because she's just keeping everything at bay, but she's working really, really hard versus a man who there's this thing in front of him that needs to be taken care of. He takes care of it. And then because everybody actually gets to witness that he gets the credit and he gets the promotion. So (laughs) it's so subtle, but like it, it affects, you know, these little subtleties creep in everywhere. And even like an example for in the comedy world, it's just like, you have to almost work twice as hard because when you get up on stage as a woman, there is already the cultural assumption that men are funnier. Even if people are like, no, 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 I don't believe that. Like that has been fed into our culture for so long that as a woman up on stage, you have to be twice as funny (laughs) just because of that like underlying subconscious belief that's just like permeating our, our culture. And there's so many little things like that. Like that applies to like, corporate stuff as well right. so it's, it's really fascinating once you start actually like exploring and looking at these tiny things and and how it affects just even the success of women right it's yeah it, it is it's so subtle and it's so nuanced and you know the only reason why I feel like I have um any awareness of it in a systematic way is simply just because it's what I studied. Like I was a sociology major in college and out like really looking at at it like in a in the way that like you would if you were studying it like I don't even know if you would because I think there's a lot of women maybe even women that are listening to this that don't even realize all the subtle um ways that they're held back or discriminated against yeah I mean there's research on voices even and and how people are more apt to like respect a leader if they have a deeper voice Mm -hmm. you know like it's 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 peculiar but it like it exists and it needs to be acknowledged (laughs) right so so what do we do um i mean i guess the first thing would be the awareness and hopefully this podcast is bringing about some awareness but let's say we have awareness um you know what are we supposed to do about it i mean especially if it's things like we're not going to walk around and start talking with the deep voice exactly (laughs) yeah so what do we do um well so much so many of my clients that i work with it's they are they are so powerful in their own right and you know the thing that I come back to time and time again and this is is (laughs) been the advice that I 
I lean on consistently and it is truly showing up truly as yourself and not apologizing for it and not censoring yourself um, and speaking your truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I use a lot of language like, <laughs> like we all have that light inside of us and actually like shining brightly and taking up space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, women especially are notorious for keeping themselves small um, in the world. And, you know, because it feels safer a lot of the time. Um, Mm -hmm. It feels much safer than actually taking up space and being heard and (laughs) existing in a big, powerful way in this world, which right now is a scary place to be living in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, the more we can identify the ways that we are holding ourselves back and the more that we can just show up as our true selves, as our most authentic versions, the more, the more powerful we become. And then, you know, some of a lot of this other cultural stuff kind of falls by the wayside. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people, people respond to how you are showing up, like even just kind of energetically speaking. Um, so if we personally can just move through the cultural stuff, sometimes the cultural stuff shifts in our presence. Um, so, I mean, so with that, so by showing up, but that just means simply like, um, um, you know, if, if, if you have an opinion or a belief, or if you see something, um, and someone else sees a different way, like to call it, like basically like, you know, the example that you gave where the man's putting out fires and gets all the, the recognition and the woman is making sure everyone's taken care of and fixing problems where they arise. Like, um, you know, is that a situation where you're talking still about just showing up authentically and speaking up? Like, would it be like, are you saying like, actually like, you know, kind of call yourself, not call your, call the person out, but like actually saying, Hey, like I've done all of this stuff and he just put out this fire that he ignored, you know, two weeks ago or whatever. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially, especially in like an office setting, like Mm -hmm. definitely stand up for yourself in terms of the work you're doing and, you know, how often are women overlooked for promotion and it's not fair. And, (laughs) you know, speaking up in those times is, is essential not only for yourself, but for like the other women that work in that space and, and for the, like the younger versions of you that are like just starting out at that space too. So, you know, it's not an easy ask by any means. And there are, you know, what sucks is that there are actual repercussions and that's, that's what's so scary about speaking up in, in corporate offices and, you know, in the comedy world, there are actual repercussions. Mm-hmm. You know, you get blacklisted, you get marked as a troublemaker, you get marked as like someone who's not easy to work with, not a team player. Um, so, you know, for me, for me, unfortunately, like I left, I left the comedy world because I was like, I don't, I don't want to be in this space, yeah. <laughs> um, which sucks. And, and I'm not saying that that is, that's the solution. Um, but like honoring, honoring yourself and honoring your own truth. And like, if you are working in an office and, and you speak your truth, you stand up for yourself and you know, something happens and like, you have to actually ask yourself, is that actually where you want to be working? Do you want to be working in a place where you can't stand up for yourself and you can't 
speak up when something is wrong. Um, so, yeah. So I know you've done a lot of, um, you know, collecting stories and talking with people and, um, you know, as a filmmaker. So where do you find that? And I'm just gonna, you know, just because this podcast, most of the listeners are women. So sorry, men, if you're listening, but um, <laughs> where do you find that women most lose their voice? Is it corporate? Is it in family? Is it in relationships? Is it politically? Where do you find it's most problematic? Um, goodness. Or maybe I'm I'm basically like saying, pick your favorite child. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I I think so much of it is like finding, finding it in the first place. And once you, once you, once you find it and own it, I think it just applies to every area of your life. Oh yeah. I like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, for instance, I'll give you an example. Like one way that I kept myself small for a very long time, after years of like doing deep, oops, are you there? Oh, yeah. sorry. Um, after years of doing deep, deep work, like deep, deep work, you know, I traveled the country. I worked with spiritual teachers. I like really figured out who I was and what I stood for. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ready to emerge into the world. <laughs> I was ready. Yeah. Um, and then... I stood completely still. I I was absolutely paralyzed. And I was like, why am I not showing up? (laughs) Why am I not doing the things I want to be doing? And, and it suddenly became very clear to me that I was looking for approval. Mm. Um, I was looking for approval from outside of myself. Um, and part of that was my upbringing. You know, I said I was that straight A student. I was, part of the reason I got straight A's was because I was pleasing everybody around me. Like I was the high achiever that, you know, always, and that didn't really translate into the real world, especially when, when what I started doing and what I was wanting to do was not traditional anymore. You know, I, you know, it was <laughs> totally kind of off the beaten path. Um, and it kind of made the people in my life a, a little uncomfortable to be honest, and I was still seeking their approval. Um, so the big shift for me was when I was like, oh, it's not coming. <laughs> it's never coming in any way, shape, or form. No one's ever going to come up to me and say, oh, you're exactly who you think you are. You are a leader. You are this powerful creature that has the power to help other women. I, I had to just start doing it. Um, because, you know, because I am that person. And I think that's a message I give to so many of my clients. Like, you are exactly who you think you are becoming. Um, so don't question that for a second. And don't let the fact that we kind of live in a society where so often we're seeking approval from others be the thing that stops you from becoming that, like, really powerful version of yourself. Yeah, I I, I love that. And I think a lot of women listening can will be able to relate to that. Because I know a lot of people think, well, I'll go out and date when I feel more confident, or when I feel better about myself, they're, they're just waiting for something to happen, like as if totally. it's gonna arrive. And um, it, it doesn't like you just have to start doing it. And one thing that I say is, um, experience creates no evidence creates confidence. So you know, you can, you just have to, you gain evidence by just doing it, by getting out and collecting evidence. Okay. Like this works, this doesn't work and just experimenting and exploring and 
getting better at whatever you're trying to get better at. And then that's where the confidence comes from. It doesn't just like, it doesn't just come by like thinking about it (laughs) or or analyzing. It's not an intellectual exercise. Yeah, no. And you know, a lot of my clients, you know, the dating thing overlaps with everything, right? It's like the Mm -hmm. same messaging for every area of your life. And so often it's like a scary thing. And it's like, if you can shift that fear to excitement, but it is literally the same like part of your brain that experiences both is that frontal cortex that experiences it's that fighter that that caveman fight or flight Mm -hmm. if you can shift that like fear to excitement and make it like I can do this like (laughs) like this is exciting I have like this is an opportunity to learn and evolve as a person um you know, and doesn't that just apply to dating and like moving out into the world and making those steps either in your career or, you know, yeah. for me, just like, you know, being politically active, like I have to, instead of being scared, I have to be like, no, this is exciting. <laughs> like, go do it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I would be absolutely paralyzed and still like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to make any progress. So yeah, so let's, um, I want to talk a little bit about um, the political climate. And I know for everyone listening, this is not going to turn into a political show. So don't worry about it. But, you know, I just think that we're living in a very interesting, um, a lot of stuff's going on to probably understate what's going on um, in the world right now. And so at the time we're recording this, it's early February for everyone listening. Um, and this will go out in about mid-February, so who knows what will happen between now and then. Um, but, you know, I've, you know, a lot of people are getting involved in activism and politics that have never been involved before, like whether it's going to protests or calling senators and, you know, your representative and, and all of that stuff. So um, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how is finding your voice, like, re- related to that? And and do you have any insight into to to being authentic in that realm without um you know maybe pissing off people that don't agree with you um yeah i i love what i have seen in terms of women rising up and and using their voices i honestly believe that like women are going to be <laughs> on the forefront of change for a very long time in our Mm. culture. Um, And, you know, it, it is, you still, it's still got to fall back on that. Who am I (laughs) and what can I do to help? Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think something that's very easy to do right now um, is compare yourself to what everybody else is doing. Um, And that that does you no favors, um, you know, because then all of a sudden the guilt creeps in yeah. and, you know, the, the shaming of yourself, like I'm not doing enough. Um, mm-hmm. And there's also, you know, the other the other piece of that is, is just the overwhelm. Like how, I'm sure so many people can relate to like scrolling through their Facebook feed and being like, oh, my God, I haven't called enough congressman and I haven't done this yet and I haven't donated enough and I haven't you know like there's this endless list of things that we should be doing um that just becomes really really overbearing um and so you know it's so important to just keep coming back to you like really kind of standing your ground and being like number one I need to take 
care of myself because I am an avid believer that if you are not taking care of yourself, if you are not serving yourself, then you are no good to anybody else. Yeah. Uh, you know, you actually do a disservice when you go out into the world and try and start trying to help and you are empty. You haven't like filled up your self-care tank. You haven't made sure that your basic needs are met and that you're taking care of things. I'm so glad uh, you're saying this in the context of, um, you know, within political activism, because, you know, obviously, everyone who listens to my show knows that I talk about this all the time in relationships and dating, like, if you're not taking care of yourself, then you're going to be a crappy partner, and it's just not gonna be a healthy relationship. But you so you're saying it's the same thing totally. when it comes to your activism. Totally. And then it's, it's also being like, cool, how can you specifically help? Like, there are a lot of people Doing, thing that, doing things that call to them as individuals that are not going to call to you and that doesn't make you more or less successful as <laughs> mm-hmm. someone who's politically active. Like, what can you personally do? I've had, I had a client who was feeling really, really low, like she wasn't doing enough, um, but she was also in the middle of, like, launching her own business and... I was like, you know what you can do right now? You can focus on your business and have one more successful woman out in the world who's self-sustaining and having an impact and helping others and bringing joy to people's lives through her business. Mm-hmm. And that's going to have like way more of an effect than if you, you know, try to go do five other things because you feel obligated to and you do them all half-heartedly. Um And then, you know, she was talking about how she had this opportunity to talk to a Girl Scout troop. And I was like, yes, that. That is what you can go do in the world. Because right now we need to be encouraging our young girls to step into the world in a powerful way. So, like, stop worrying about what everyone else is doing and go help those girls and go start your business. Like, that's all you need to do. Like, you can be at peace now. Yeah. Um, so it's like it's really kind of coming back to yourself and being like, cool, what can I do right now that actually speaks to my own truth and my own passions and my own talents um, that's going to have an impact in the world that's probably different than what everyone else is doing. But, hey, like, isn't that the beauty of it? Um, like, I, I think that if all women actually just showed up in their truth and in their authenticity and showed up in that light, holy shit, we would have a huge impact. Yeah. We would have a huge impact because we'd all be doing something different. But, you know, so much of the feminine, so much of the beauty of women gathering is that we are nurturers and we are protectors and we, you know, are creators mm-hmm. um, and, and we make sure everyone's okay. And we make sure everyone rises up together. Like that is, those are literally at their core of true feminine values. Um, and isn't that just what our country needs right now? Yeah. <laughs> and, and making sure everyone's okay and making sure everyone's rising up together and inclusion of everybody, of everybody. Um, yeah, yeah it's it's yeah I really I just can't get past like women are gonna be huge in the next four years yeah. huge I totally I, I totally agree um I know I remember the day of the women's march after the inauguration there's all these quotes like the future is feminine um and I love that little that little meme or that little um quote and um but you know all of this happens after you fill your own cup up and I just want to just, you know, for people who are listening who um, 
you know, if you feel like you should be doing more or, or not sure what to do, um, you know, I always talk about boundaries. I don't know if, I, if you have anything to share about that, Belinda. But for me, like, I've had to greatly reduce the um, emails that I read and time on Facebook because I get notifications from the Hill. Because I used to work in D.C. and I was on a political pl- campaign. So I, was, I used to be very, very active and very, very in the circle. <laughs> yeah. Um so I get notifications from the Hill and I get like something from foreign policy and I get something from New York times. And my, my email box was constantly like, he said this or, or she did that, or he signed. I was just like, Oh my God, it was constant. And then of course, Facebook, everyone's posting everything. And, and so I just had to give myself permission of like, okay, I set up my monthly recurring donation to Planned Parenthood to ACLU. I call my Congress. I call my senators, my congressmen every day. And then like, that's all I can do right now. Um, and, you know, like, like right now, like I'm in the middle of the date yourself challenge and the boot camp is opening. So maybe like in a month, it'll be different, but who knows I'm moving. But I think having some really firm boundaries around, you know, I mean, and just anything, whether it's political or dating, you know, career, whatever, I think it's just so important. So I don't know if you have anything yeah. else to share. <laughs> I mean, boundaries are awesome. <laughs> really like <laughs> every area of your life. Um, you know, it's basically just saying this is okay and this is not okay, right? Mm-hmm. Like how often do we allow people or things or, you know, emails like to cross those boundaries and really it's not okay. Yeah. So creating those firm boundaries for yourself is so important. So, so important for your own sanity, for your own well being. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know, like, your client base, but I know for like a lot of my own clients and myself personally, like I'm a very sensitive person. Very, very sensitive. Very, I think very. A lot of people listen to this are too. In the yeah, sense of that, they're, <laughs> I, I hear um, it a lot in the sense of like they're afraid that the person across the table from them on a date is judging them for how they're acting or how they look. So, I mean, but that's being sensitive, I think. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, you know, remembering that we are also picking up on like what is going on culturally culturally around us. And so creating boundaries for yourself in that, in that light as well is so important because, you know, like I, I cried in the middle of my kitchen the other day and it was like, what am I crying for? And I was like, I think the state of the world right now, like, (laughs) and like just making sure like you are releasing, you are constantly kind of like, releasing anything that's like building up inside of you and also like protecting yourself once in a while. And that might mean not going on Facebook for a day and not exposing yourself and, you know, not feeling bad if someone wants to start having a political conversation with you and being like, Hey, I really value what you have to say, but right now I'm just not in a place that I want to be talking about this. Like that's, okay. (laughs) Um, and I've had to do that many times, especially when it like winds up being my third conversation of the day with a new person and that's their go-to instantly. And I'm like, Hey, I've already had two conversations about this today. I love you so much, but like, I'm so sorry. I can't talk about this again. Like for my own well-being and my own sanity, I can't talk about this today. Right. Cause I think, you know, we have, we got other shit we need to do. <laughs> yeah. you know, some of us have businesses to run or some of us are moms. We have kids to raise. Or it's so true. Yeah. To do. Like we can't 
be bogged down. And maybe some people will disagree with this. But one thing that I've been doing is, um, so I have a, a forgiveness practice, and I don't do it every day, I try to do it like once a month. So anyone that I'm pissed off at, or that I got jealous, at, like if I see another business owner, and like, oh, I wish I had their website, or, um, oh, he said that, or she said that, um, I just write, you know, everyone that I'm like, mad or that triggered me in any type of way, I write all their names down on a list. And then I go through and I just say their name out loud. I close my eyes, put my hand over my heart. And I say, I'm sorry. I, all right. It's the um, hope pono pono practice. So it's I forgive you. I'm yeah. sorry. I thank you. And I love you. And um, I and I just sit for a second. And like, I just really try to say that from a soul to soul level, because sometimes it's just like my ego, and I'm just jealous of someone or someone triggered me about something else. And it has nothing to do with them. Um, and it's really about, you know, me sometimes, you know, lately, um, you know, Donald Trump has been on that list every, every week. And it's really hard for me, but I I really do sit there and I, and I really try to have that soul to soul connection with him because um, I just, I just don't think that resentment really is helpful and, or, or the hate, or um, I, I just don't think any of that is is helpful. And it, it, it really does help me. I mean, it makes me feel better to where a I can serve my this community here better. But then it also helps me just to get through the rest of the day. And then, you know, I can actually call my congressman and not be like, you know, short or mean to the poor person who's picking up the freaking phone. It's not their fault, you know? Yeah. Um, and, 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 and so if anyone else is, is feeling or even if you know, it doesn't matter who you're mad at, if you're mad at Hillary Clinton, if you're mad at I don't know. I was mad at Joe Biden for a while, but like, whenever you're mad at politically, just add them to your forgiveness Joe. list and and um and and just and 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 see what happens. And um, it's been it's been really really helpful for me to just you know keep doing the work that I'm doing in the world while still being an engaged citizen, um and and using my voice where I need to, and then also knowing where I'm like mm, I'm done. Either like I'm not going to have this conversation or I'm not going to scroll on Facebook, whatever the boundary is, it's much easier for me to just say, nope, I'm done. I've done my, my share for the day. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, totally. Okay, so let's, um, let's shift gears a little bit. So from away from the, the political um, <laughs> stuff Ooh, um, to, to relationships. And I think we're going to find a lot of overlap. You know, I, I really do think that, you know, I teach dating, but I think you can fill in the blank for anything, whether it's career or, um, uh, you know, weight loss or body image or whatever it is. And I think a lot of it is all of the same practice. Um, but you you mentioned um, uh, earlier that, and not in our conversation, but, you know, when you scheduled to have this interview, um, that relationships are our greatest teachers. And I think that's so true. And I just wanted to get your perspective on why you think relationships are our greatest teachers. Um, yeah, this is a philosophy. I literally, I ad- adopt about every single person that walks into my life, not necessarily just relationships. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, I have found that in moving forward with that kind of ideology, every single person I encounter is an opportunity to grow and to learn and to evolve as a person, which ultimately, you know, for me is my end end goal. <laughs> that's why I'm in, and I'm, that's why I'm here on earth is like, I want to continue to evolve as a human being um, to the best possible version of myself. And 
I think it's so true of people that come into your life and really bug you. Um, and I think it's so true of, you know, relationships as well. And I just think back to, I, I'm in a, a, a very committed, serious relationship now, but I think back to the series of men that I dated before I met my partner and what I learned from each one of them that I honestly didn't know I was looking for in a partner. Um, so to give you an example, like dating this guy for four months and being like, what, what is it that he's doing for me that feels so unfamiliar? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then like having this aha moment, like, oh, he's supporting me in terms of <laughs> my goals and my ambitions. Like he's the first guy I've dated where I have shared my big lofty goals and ambitions in this world with him. And he hasn't gotten uncomfortable. And in fact, he's encouraging me and, and supporting me. And then I had this moment where I was like, oh, that's really, really important to have in a partner. And like, you know, it seems so obvious, but I hadn't actually experienced that before. Yeah. Um, and so I kid you not, when we finally parted ways, we, we like high fived and we were like, thank you so much. Like, and I, you know, for, for me, for him was, it was like, I actually had honest conversation with him. Like if something mm -hmm. was bugging me, I didn't let it fester. I just said something from the very beginning I, that, you know, I was a very, very open communicator the entire time we were together. And he had never dated someone who did that. He'd been dating a series of girls that, you know, let things fester and didn't speak their truth. And so like, I kid you not when we parted ways, like we like, to did like a handshake and like pat each other on the back. I'm like, thanks so much. Like <laughs> I really appreciated that time together because we just learned so much. Um, wow. That's amazing. That's it was so such amazing. A, yeah. Right. It was such a profound experience for me that that was like how I began to reframe dating and suddenly dating didn't seem scary or overwhelming. It was like an opportunity to learn and grow and evolve as a person. And so it like, it, it didn't, you know, I think what so many of us do when we meet a person and get along and then go on a couple of dates, instantly go to that place of like, is he the one, you know, like we want an answer. Raising my um, hand over here. That was my, <laughs> that was totally, my thing. Right? Um, and so kind of just reframing it, like it doesn't matter. And we're supposed to be together and we're supposed to be learning from each other. And that in itself is enough because that's going to contribute to my own personal growth. And isn't that ultimately what I care about? Exactly. Um, so, and like, you know, that's it, translated even into my relationship now. Like, you know, in the beginning, I didn't, you know, I had a strong feeling he was the one, but I had to continuously surrender that relationship. Like, because if he's not the one, that's okay too. But what I am gaining from our time together is he is, pushing me and helping me grow and our fights are actually helping me evolve as a person. And he's challenging me in ways I've never been challenged before. So it doesn't even matter if he is the one I'm going to continuously surrender our relationship because I am supposed to be here right now with this person. Um, I, I love that so much, you know, and one question that I, pose and I, I pose, I, you know, on Instagram, I do like every other picture and then a quote. 
And um, one thing I, I, I posed a question was, what if every person that you ever dated, even if it was a one night stand or a 10 year marriage was your soulmate? In some level, on a soul-to-soul level, you two were supposed to have some sort of experience or interaction or something to um, learn some sort of profound lesson or have an opportunity for for growth. Um, yeah, and I, I just I couldn't agree with that more. And and I think what's where a lot of women struggle is if a relationship ends, whether again it was like a one night stand or you know a marriage, then we make it mean something that you know, we're broken, or that we're undateable, or that we're not lovable, or we're not good enough, or whatever it is that we make it mean, but it can be a really an amazing opportunity to grow and evolve, just like you said. Totally. I'm big on um, writing, writing the other person a letter after things end, regardless if you send it to them or not. And, you know, I would say 90% of the time, you don't end up sending it. Yeah. But it's, it's a letter thanking them. Um, <laughs> thanking them for everything that you learned in that process. And that's not, it doesn't need to be like super positive. You can thank them for showing you something you definitely don't want in your next <laughs> Um But it's, it's just an opportunity to take away so much from that relationship that doesn't, and it's, it's not a reflection on you as a person. It's literally like, here's an opportunity to reflect on what I just took away from this relationship. I'm going to thank them for all the things they taught me, the good, the bad, the ugly. And then I am going to use that as an empowering thing going into the next relationship or just being by myself for a little while. I just learned a lot. Um, And it's that opportunity to reflect that like kind of separates you from it um, and brings gratitude back into the whole thing. And, and, you know, for me, gratitude is my reset button always, oh, yeah. no matter what the situation is. So, um, yeah, yeah. I love that. This is something that I've, you know, even my own relationship, current relationship that I've had to, to, to grapple with, especially as I transition from being a health coach into a dating coach. It's like, oh my gosh, what if Stevie and I get divorced one day and like, I'm supposed to be a dating coach. Like, what does that say about me or like my ability to help other women? But then it's like, no, it comes back to exactly what you just said. It has nothing to do with the, the quality of the relationship or whether or not it was a quote unquote failure or success. Um, it doesn't mean anything other than sometimes relationships have expiration dates. And, um, and again, just, I guess what you were saying earlier, just like surrendering to that and, you know, allowing it to just, just to be has put a lot less pressure on the relationship and it's been a lot better. You know, I, it, we're able just to flow more naturally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I know, I know like with my clients, another huge misconception is, that like when you are in a good relationship, like things are supposed to be perfect. Like you're not yeah. supposed to fight or butt heads. And I'm like, what, you know, my question to them is like, what would you learn from that? Exactly. <laughs> what would you, what would you take away from that? Like not very much. Like you would just continue on being the same exact version of yourself that you went into the relationship as. And for me, every fight I've gotten into with my boyfriend, like, I have walked away with some pretty grand revelation. I think I think maybe the issue then becomes if you are constantly having the same exact fight, yeah, then maybe maybe there's something to actually like hash out and figure out there and, and see if you're a good fit. But like 
I mean, for us, we got a, we got a whole range of fights. Like it's never the same. Right, right. <laughs> and, and to me, that's like an indication that like, cool, like we are, we are growing and we are evolving. We're moving past all the old shit that isn't causing problems, but like we're going into a whole new phase of our relationship and a whole new phase of our life and our whole, like a whole new phase of my, my business and his business. And, you know, when we butt heads or have conflict, you know, he, it's often that he's challenging me and I am uncomfortable with something and he is actually forcing me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And recognizing that is like a really, really beautiful thing. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah. I, I love that. And I can completely relate to that as well. Um, awesome. So I think this is a really great place to wrap up the interview. So before I let you go, um, I'm sure some of my listeners want to connect with you. So what's the best place for them to find you on the internet? Um, so you can go to my website. It is uh, Belinda Wolfson. Uh, B-E-L-I-N-D-A. Wolfson is W-O-O-L-F-S-O-N.com. Um, you can sign up uh, for a newsletter, shoot me an email. Um, and then I'm in the process of setting up all of my social media stuff. I avoid oh, nice. that for a while. <laughs> I avoid that for a while. So I'm yeah. going to have like a, a Facebook page and all that stuff soon. But, um, well, we'll put, um, definitely the, the link to your sites. So people can find you in the, in the show notes. And the last question I always ask my, um, guests is what is your favorite way to treat yourself? Oh, um, for me, it's creating sacred space for myself, for whatever wants to kind of come up. So I will literally like hop on my bed and light a candle and make a cup of tea and like either pull out a journal or pull out my tarot cards <laughs> and like actually just create space for whatever I need to process to kind of like rise up and like create this compassionate, loving experience for whatever I need to currently work through to get worked through. So nice. Yeah. That. that sounds awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much again for your time to come on to the, the show. And I'm so glad you're able to share your wisdom with the date yourself community. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember, Remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.